Welcome to the audio podcast of the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. As we begin to repopulate our historical and recently renovated sanctuary for worship, online worship will continue Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org, as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. Church, let's pray. God of grace, we are blinded by so many things, including our dazzling perceptions of who we think we are. Blind us instead with the light of your word today, that we might truly see you and in the seeing live for you. Send an Ananias to lay hands on us and remake us not in our own image, but in yours. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning's story is likely familiar to many of you. It's often referred to as the Damascus Road story, the conversion of Saul story, or what I like to call it, blinded by the light. The story opens with Saul breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Saul is on a rampage, collecting letters from the high priest so that when he gets to Damascus, he can root out all those who belong to the way and bring them bound, handcuffed, shackled back to Jerusalem. Saul is determined, motivated, focused, on seeing that these followers of Jesus are removed from society, and he's focused on restoring the synagogue to its purified state. That language sounds eerily familiar. So how zealous is Saul in this pursuit of purity? Before this story, he had been going house to house, dragging people out and having them thrown in prison. Before this story, when Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, was stoned to death, Saul approved of his killing. And this morning, breathing threats and murder, he's heading to Damascus to hunt down more followers of the way. So, pretty committed. So let's just stop there and ask ourselves, who was Saul? Or better yet, What dazzling perception of himself did Saul have? Who did he think he was? That he could go to people's homes and make citizens' arrests? What gave him the outsized belief that he had the power to purify anything, much less the holy space of the synagogue? Who asked him or authorized him to make this trip, this one, to go to Damascus and grab folks from their place of worship. So as I've suggested, Saul thought very highly of himself. He was a Roman citizen, and that designation spared him from harm, and it gave him rights and privileges that other folk didn't have. Like his father, Saul was a Pharisee, So his knowledge of the legal traditions was unparalleled. 
He knew the rules, but not the rules of the Bible, the rules of the tradition, which is a very different location to inhabit compared to a follower of the way. This morning, we are continuing this theme that we've been seeing for a few weeks now, the theme of seeing, the theme that began with Mary of Magdala on Easter Sunday and continued with Thomas last week, this theme of seeing, not seeing, not seeing correctly. And make no mistake, Saul has a vision problem. He has a dazzling perception of himself, and it doesn't track at all with who God needed him to be. When this happens, when we can't see who God intends us to be, it often takes something dramatic to open our eyes. And that was the case for Saul. I think it's often the case for us as well. Saul was persecuting other human beings, imprisoning them, celebrating their deaths, hunting them down. And God knocks him to the ground, truly bringing him low. Saul loses his physical sight and in the lost begins to question and to listen. Who are you, Lord? For three days, Saul cannot see. For three days, he neither eats nor drinks. For three days, he sits with his blind spots, and realizes he was never what he thought he was. While Saul reveled in his credentials, his pedigree, his education, his status, while Saul thought he was on the right side, while he counted himself righteous for striking fear in the hearts of those who followed the way, Saul missed the ways his vision hurt and harmed Jesus. And still, this persecutor of God's people is the one chosen to be the mouthpiece for God. The one who breathed threat and murder will now breathe the good news of God. The one who persecuted Jesus Christ will now live for Jesus Christ. This self-made man becomes a remade man by the power of God's Holy Spirit. So changed is Saul that he gets a new name. Saul the Powerful becomes Paul the Follower, who now knows and believes that all power belongs to God. Pastor Barb Hedges Goddle shares the story of a Christmas skit that took place years ago. And in this skit as God's plans for the birth of Jesus were being shared, a small angel in the skit would periodically shout the line, brilliant, no one will expect that. And I'm going to ask you guys to shout it a few times. So when you hear me say, and the angel, and the little angel shouts, you will say, brilliant, no one will expect that, because that is the story of Paul's life. Let us practice. And the little angel shouts, brilliant, no one will expect that, excellent church. Because no one expects Paul. Saul doesn't expect Paul, and Ananias certainly does not expect 
Paul. But God calls them together. They are a joint package. Saul, this tormentor of the church, and Ananias, this child of the church. And God says to Ananias, Saul needs help. He's got some blind spots. And I know you can help him to see me more clearly. Someone's got to teach Saul how to become Paul. Ananias, you're it. And the little angel shouts, brilliant. No one will expect that. And even if you're not familiar with this story, you can probably imagine Ananias's reply. I don't want to. Everybody can see, God, that Saul is wretched and evil and an enemy of the people of God. He doesn't love us. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't even want us in his synagogue. So the next question is, who has the blind spot now? Who has forgotten the power of God now? Who is righteous, judgmental, and justified now? Even Ananias, this follower of the way, this lover of Jesus, must be reminded, cajoled, encouraged, pushed to live like he believes in sight beyond what he can see. And we're not surprised that Ananias would rather have nothing to do with Saul, right? Saul is frightening. He's hurtful. He's death-dealing. And Ananias wants to avoid him because of what Ananias has seen. But here's the thing. Ananias forgets what God sees. Ananias forgets God's power. Ananias has blind spots. And so do we. Who do we avoid? Think about it. I know you can come up with at least one person. I'm not going to ask you to name them. (laughs) Whose reputation or past behavior frightens you? Who intimidates you? Silences you? Here's one that's going to sting a little. Who do we let run the church? Because we don't want to have anything to do with them. Ouch. Because we don't know how to engage them. Because it's easier to write them off. Oh, that's just so-and-so being so-and-so. Easier to write them off than to find their humanity, to address their humanity. So here's the other thing. God has a plan for Saul, but it's tied to God's plan for Ananias. If Ananias doesn't serve Saul, then Saul can't serve the people of God that Saul has persecuted. So sometimes our vision problems block a plan that God has not only for us, but for folks connected to us. And the little angel shouts, brilliant. No one will expect that. You don't expect that, right? 
You don't expect your call to be tied to someone who intimidates you, scares you, someone that you've written off. But thankfully for the church and for us, Ananias listened. He went to Saul. He laid hands on Saul, and immediately Saul was changed. What did Ananias, in the power of God's Holy Spirit, do? He obeyed God. He showed up. He placed healing hands on his brother, and he said this, Brother Saul, Brother Saul. He called the persecutor, Brother Saul. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the text says immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight, which of course we know is not this sight. It's sight beyond sight. A sight that allowed him to now proclaim Jesus as the Son of God. Saul Now Paul began to preach, and so powerful was his message that he confounded the very people he used to harm. Paul's life was now completely devoted to Jesus Christ. And don't we long, church, to be remade like that? To have people say of us what they said of Saul, which was, isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? The text goes on to say, and hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. He proved it with his life, his new life, not with his credentials or his volunteer work. Not with his bank account or the number of times he showed up at church. Paul proved Jesus with his life. Every breath. Every day. Paul did more than any other person to spread the story of Jesus Christ in the first century. More than any other person. He traveled all over his known world. He started churches. He wrote He went to jail. He drove out spirits. He performed miracles. He healed. Paul proved Jesus with his life. And this doesn't mean he didn't have blind spots. He had plenty. And we will see them and talk about them in the weeks to come. And just a reminder that Paul was remade, but he was not perfected. And that's good news for us. We can be remade. We will not be perfected. So this is our prayer. Mighty God, we long to prove your child Jesus with our lives. Please touch us this week. Cause things to drop away that we might be remade. That we might be more willing and better able to love and serve the people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the angel shouted, Brilliant! They'll never expect that.
I know I'm checking my notes. Is that the line? Friends, did we forget our line? Okay, we got to do it one more time. Hold on, hold on. Okay, and the little angel shouts. Yes, it is brilliant. No one will expect that. Here we go, just so we'll remember it for the week. When things happen and you're like, what's going on? You'll think of this story. And the little angel shouts. Brilliant. No one will expect that. May that be your reality this week. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you are fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide hybrid worship options with both in-person and online worship Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We are live in the sanctuary, as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on safety protocols and pre-registration options. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.